the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Wealth Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Aaron Light, and for Bruce Hooley, alongside with Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management, we welcome you to the show, and over the next hour, we're going to be going over some headlines, discussing how you can find financial independence and retire happily. But uh, this is a different voice on the air, and for Bruce Hooley today, but we have some good news about Bruce and an update from Josh Pick on how you, the listener, can help him. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about this last week and I said I'd be bringing uh, some way to you to for you to contribute towards Bruce's fight against cancer. And this is by no means us saying that, you know, Bruce is uh, hidden down the drain and it's imminent. But at the same time, if you can imagine if your life was uprooted and you had three kids, one in college, two in high school, uh, and now your wife is pulling up all the slack of transporting them around and you're without work and there might be some experimental things in the future. Uh, every nickel would help. So I set up a, uh, it's called uh, uh, Go, uh, or wait, GiveSendGo.com. GiveSendGo. Uh, Bruce requested if I was going to set up some sort of GoFundMe page that I use that because it's very deeply rooted in, you know, conservative Christian values and where they uh, invest their money and spend their money. So we set it up on GiveSendGo.com. Uh, you can give to Bruce Hooley, and then all of the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, will go to Bruce's family. Now, that said, you can reach that website in a myriad of ways. So you can go directly to GiveSendGo.com and look up Bruce Hooley, and you'll find that page. You can also go to AptusWealth.com, which is our site, and we have a link right, I mean, front and center on the front page. Um, any amount would be incredibly helpful. However, uh, I am going to match the first $2,500 worth of donations that go in. So hopefully we can supercharge that. We're already uh, off to a great start. We started that page last night and we're well into the, the thousands of dollars. So uh, I want to thank everybody who donates for that. I'm sure Bruce would do the same. Uh, so thank you very much for donating. If you can give, if you can help, if you can. Yeah. So we hope to get Bruce back here as soon as possible, but thank you so much to Josh Pick and Aptus Wealth. And all the listeners that have been so supportive of Bruce, you can give today at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, wealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S, wealth.com. And uh, we'll be praying for Bruce Hooley. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. We do have a lot to get to. I was just going over 
some of the financial headlines uh, through the last week, and I was going to run a few of those uh, by Josh and get his comments on them. The first one uh, comes from Smart Asset, who said in 2023, the average retirement income from Social Security is $1,827 a month. So that's less than $22,000 a year. I don't know how you're living, but that's not going to last very long, especially uh, if the economy continues in the way it is. So to you, Josh, what does that say to you? Is it just another iteration that, hey, Social Security is not going to be enough no matter who you are? Yeah, I don't think it was ever intended to be enough no matter who you were. When it was started back in 1935, it was set up as a social program to help people retire during the Great Depression. So think about the scenario that we had back then. It was never meant to be a full retirement supplement. It was meant to help just in addition to your other resources. Now, at the time, over the last, you know, let's say 50 years, all the way until about 1991, nine out of 10 people had a pension. So inherently, just by working, you were given Social Security plus a pension. And for many, that was enough. That was the equivalent of what they were making pre-retirement. Fast forward to today. And less than one in 10 people have a pension. So if you had not been saving on your own into a 401k, some sort of retirement vehicle, you are now left with Social Security, with which the numbers that you just said, less than $22,000 a year, means your retirement plan is a poverty plan, unfortunately. And when, when they say that number, the 1827 do you actually get that entire amount? Or are there taxes and et cetera taken out of that as well? That's a great question. So... Social Security is taxed unlike any other animal in the tax code that I'm aware of. If your sole income is Social Security, then you pay no federal income taxes. And if you live in the state of Ohio, the state of Ohio does not tax Social Security income. So essentially, your taxes would be zero. However, if you have additional income, portions of your Social Security can become taxable. And the portion that can become taxable ratchets all the way up to 85% of your Social Security. Now, that does not mean that your Social Security is taxed at 85%. It means that 85% of your Social Security number, so let's say that that number was 20000 up to $17,000 of your Social Security can become taxed. And I've heard this described many times as it's a penalty for me being disciplined and saving and having a better retirement with others. Well, yeah, welcome to America. That's the way a lot of our tax code works, but that is in fact right. So when we look at financial planning, the strategy is always it's not what we make, it's what we keep. So how do we generate a retirement plan that kicks off the money that we want with having the least amount of impact on the way that all of our assets are taxed, but including how Social Security is taxed? Mm-hmm. Is there any quick tips on what we need to do to first steps on outside of Social Security, what to be thinking about? Yeah, so here's here's one uh, just kind of 30,000-foot view of it. If you contribute all of your money to your 401k, all of it, That is all pre-tax dollars that are growing tax-deferred that comes out taxable. So if your sole income sources are going to be Social Security and your 401k, rest assured not only are you going to be taxed on 100% of your withdrawals from your 401k, but there's a very good chance that those withdrawals out of your 401k are going to trigger your Social Security to become taxable as well. So you're kind of getting double whammied, right? Mm -hmm. But if you could create an environment where some of the income you receive is on a tax-free basis. Think of Roth IRAs, think of uh, uh, 
withdrawals or loans against life insurance policies. Think of money that you're taking out of your savings, money markets, checking accounts. These types of things would not necessarily trigger your Social Security to become taxable. The other advantage they have in retirement is you don't have to take income out in every year consistently. There's nothing stopping you from saying, I'm going to take out income for the next two years this year. Well, then you're going to get slammed on this year's tax return, but you might not pay any taxes next year. I'm not suggesting everybody run out and start doing that, but just know that you do have control over how and when you pay your taxes, and you just simply don't have that control when you're working. Your job when you work is make as much money as I possibly can, rinse, repeat, pay taxes as they come due. When you're retired, you get to decide when you take stuff, and that can make a dramatic impact on how much taxes you pay in general and also how many other things are taxed based upon your withdrawals. It seems complicated, but does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So would you say that when it comes to uh, post-retirement versus pre-retirement, should you be transitioning those funds now or is the time to do it at retirement? Is, is, is contributing in that 401k throughout your entire career the move or should that money be deferred prior to retirement? So when you're young, the more that you can put into the Roth version of your 401k, if there is. So most 401ks give you two choices, at least at this point. And if they don't yet, they will soon. It was part of the Secure Act 2.0, so a lot of companies are going to be instituting this. You have two choices typically. I want to put my money in pre-tax, which means I get the tax benefit or the tax savings today. But in the future, I have no idea what my tax liability is going to be. I just know that every dollar I pull out is going to be taxable. The other option would be I want to put it in the Roth 401k, which says I'm not going to get the tax benefit today, but all of the income I ever earn on this money is going to be tax-free. Well, time is our biggest asset. So the, the younger you are, the more advantageous that is, of course. But as we get closer and closer to retirement, well, now it gets a little bit murkier. Now we have to start doing some math and say, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the benefit worth it? Am I better off? I'm making $300,000 a year now, and I only plan on retiring on seventy five. So am I better off getting the tax deduction today and getting, you know, paying the taxes later at a lower rate or vice versa? And there's there's both options that can be at play there. So we, we've talked about this many times on the show, but we wish we could all go back and make decisions before. But the only, the best time to, to start planning was yesterday, but yesterday's gone. So the best time now is today. And to answer that question, I don't know. It's It's individual to that person's individual circumstance, but you can almost always make an appreciable difference in people's financial lives through planning, regardless of where they are in the process. Mm -hmm. Is that something, is that, if that's too complicated or if someone doesn't know what to do with their own situation, is that something that people come to you for? Do people ask that question about, should I continue? Uh, Which route should I go with my 401k? Things like that. Yeah, our job, I mean, it's a big job, but if I was going to hone it down into two distinct things that we do, number one is planning. So pure financial planning that ranges everywhere from I'm saving up for a house to how do I pass my money onto my heirs in the most tax efficient, smooth manner and avoid probate. And that involves attorneys and a whole bunch of coordination uh, to, I want to make sure that I don't live out my, outlive my money to anything that could go in the realm of financial planning. That's, that's number one. Number two is now that we know what our goals are, what are the most advantageous places for us to invest our money in accordance with what, what, with what makes sense for us? So then we in turn invest those dollars on behalf of our clients. 
So anywhere on the spectrum of that is a good time to call us. That's Josh Pick, Aptus Wealth Management, located right here in Columbus. I always learn a lot when Josh is in. And if you have any questions of any of the things we're talking about, give Josh a call. 614-917-1040. That's 614-917-1040 or easily accessible online, aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. And while I'm thinking about it, um, if you've enjoyed the show, go to 989theanswer.com, go to aptuswealth.com. You can listen to all the past shows, and there's tons of information to be gained there. So you can find out the different topics and pick and choose what you'd like to re-listen to. A great uh, asset there for you at aptuswealth.com. So we're talking about uh, the retirement age when you when we talked about money moving forward. Uh, there's a Gallup poll of the average retirement age is 62 Fidelity has estimated that the average retired couple age 65 and older may need $315,000 saved after tax just to cover health care expenses. $315,000 for each person older than the age of 65 just for health care. When you hear that, are you surprised by that? Does that seem high, low? Well, I'm, I'm not surprised by it, but I think it on one hand, while it might be accurate, I don't think it tells the story as clear as it should. And sometimes these news headlines are designed for shock value. I don't think every retiree needs to have $315,000 sitting in a checking account waiting on health insurance. If they did, while most people in the United States do not have $315,000 sitting in a checking account waiting for health insurance, so we'd all be running around you know, with limbs hanging off our body because we didn't get health care. It's simply not true. What I think that's conveying, though, which is accurate, is over the remainder of our life, we're going to have doctor's visits. We're going to have procedures. We're going to have the cost of Medicare, which we all have to pay. We're probably going to want a Medicare supplement so that we can limit our exposure to these costs. At some point, there's about a 50-50 shot that you and I and everybody listening is going to need some sort of help via assisted living, long-term care, somebody coming into the home. All of those costs combined probably add up to $315,000, but that does not mean that you need to be able to stroke a check today for $315,000. That's over a long period of time. The other thing that it does not take into account is there are ways to plan for that to offset your risk and your exposure to those things. So again, it comes back to planning. But if you look at it on the surface, you know, okay, you're going to need, the average person only has $1,800 in in uh, Social Security eight per month coming in, and that's below the poverty line. And you're going to need $315,000 in you know health care insurance. And then you're going to need to get a pre-burial. And then you're going to need to get this. And then you're going to need to get that. And then you continue to read headlines, which I grabbed a couple before I came in today. And uh, Ray Dalio, who's a pretty famous investor, he won- runs one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. He said that we are we are in the midst of a debt crisis and there will be a steady and meaningful slowdown in the economy. Then Morgan Stanley CIO comes out and says, America is stuck in financial purgatory. And then you keep going through this and you say, okay, that the end is near and everything's coming down the pipe. It would be easy for you to throw your hands up in the air and go, why am I even trying? I mean, we're all destined for doom, right? Uh, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and, you know, that's just the way it is. And, you know, while there might be some truth to that, uh, that is one of the unfortunate byproducts of capitalism, 
Uh, it doesn't mean that capitalism is bad, and it doesn't mean that you can't improve your situation. So I don't want you to listen to these stats as we're talking and say, all is lost. What am I supposed to do? You can make a meaningful, significant improvement in your position just by doing some planning, not even by saving more, not by spending less. There are ways that you can improve your situation simply through tax planning, simply through uh, managing the way and how you're paying your expenses, looking at things like what is my debt position and how do I manage that? You know, maybe you have a bunch of money. I'll give an example. I met with a guy today. It's a great position to be in, by the way, Aaron, but he has $300,000 sitting in his checking account because he's petrified about what the future holds. And he is currently earning 0.1% on $300,000. Okay, so do we have to do anything crazy here? We moved him into a money market account that's earning 5.2%. So we just went from $300,000, essentially earning him nothing, to earning him over $15,000 a year. Did we do anything crazy? Did we increase his risk? Did we do it? We didn't do anything. All we did was just play a shell game and improve his situation. Is that a meaningful difference? I don't know about you, but an extra thousand or fifteen hundred bucks a month sounds like a pretty good deal. So now if you're listening and saying, Well, I have three hundred thousand dollars in a checking account, then the percentages don't change, just the numbers do. But are you making consistent improvements? Absolutely. Wow. A lot to digest there. That's Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management. If you'd like to take a look at your situation, free no-obligation consultation with Aptus Wealth and relieve some of that concern that you have about what your retirement's going to look like. And uh, right there's a, a simple move. Uh, I mean, $15,000 is very significant. And, and you're saying when it comes to that being liquid or him being able to get that money, it's similar to a bank account? It's no different than a savings account. Well, let me rephrase. The only difference between a money market account and a savings account, essentially at its core, is that a savings account, you can transfer the money out in the middle of the day. In a money market, you have to wait 24 hours. So I guess it's different in that you, the money's liquid within 24 hours, not within 24 minutes. But obviously, you don't put all your money in a money market. And you know what I'm seeing today is... I would say in my career, and I've heard this reiterated by many of my colleagues, both you know ones that are on the news, on the radio, and just ones that I, that I associate with, is in my opinion, the lack of hope that people have today due to the, whether it's a 24-hour news cycle or the political environment or whatever it might be, and just this significant increased fear that people have is leaving people with just pure paralysis about improving their situation to a large degree. Because there's no shortage of bipolarization when it comes to every investment. Should I invest in stocks? You're an idiot if you do. You're an idiot if you don't. Right? You know, I'll tell you a story about how my uncle lost all his money in the stock market. Uh, you're stupid if you do that. Then you'll talk to somebody else and they'll say, if you don't have money in the stock market, you'll never ward off inflation and you're going to be doomed there. And it seems like that is on every decision we make. And while I appreciate that that gets clicks... It's simply not true on either side. There is no magic bullet, and then there is no terminal bullet when it comes to finance. You have to make logical decisions to improve your situation. So I highly encourage, no matter what predicament you're in, I highly encourage you to try and take steps to move in the right direction. Now, who can't we help? I think that's a fair question. Who can't we help? We're not in the debt management business. I'm not in the bankruptcy business. 
I'm not in the how to get you out of, we have no money, I'm making 20000 but I really need 30000 I I can't help you improve your job position. Not because I don't want to. That's just not where my level of expertise is. But if you're saying, I, I have some money, and I'm trying to manage it to the best of my ability, and I'm trying to improve my situation, then I can't, inf- I can't fathom a scenario where we couldn't be of some help. Hmm. Josh Pick, right here in Columbus at the Aptus Wealth Management Group. Free, no obligation consultation, aptuswealth.com. Great to have a local resource like Josh here with us. And, you know, one thing that's kind of disturbing uh, with the economy recently is this survey that 22% of Americans have not contributed to their retirement savings in the last year. Uh, When I hear that, it makes me think of the paralysis that you just mentioned. So that's a fifth of people that have stopped um, contributing. Um, I'm sure that you recommend always contribute throughout whatever the hard times is, or at least attempt to. Uh, Is that disturbing to you? Uh, Well, it's actually better than it was back during COVID, but it's still disturbing. Uh, And, you know, first let's rule out, there are people listening right now, I'm sure, that just simply can't save any money. And I'm not calling you lazy. And I'm not saying that you're undisciplined. There are definitely periods in your life where saving is just not an option. And I understand that. But let's talk to, you know, a large percentage of that 22%. It's not because they can't. It's because they choose not to. And what do I mean by choose not to? Well, you know, you don't need a brand new iPhone. You want a brand new iPhone. So you get one, and then you start getting this death by a thousand cuts of all these different bills that you're accruing, where you're like, well, my phone payment's this, and my this is this, and my Hulu, and my Netflix, and my blah, 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 blah. And that's the reason I don't have any extra money. Well, you're choosing not to have any extra money. And unfortunately, you know, what is the value or what is the detriment of that? Uh, well, we've learned a lot through this, and this is going to seem like a leap, but I don't know if you've ever heard of the marshmallow grabber uh, uh, analogy. An, no, well, it's an analogy, but it was actually a study that was done. No, I have not. Over the period of a very long period of time. So what they did is they took these kids that were about four years old and they put them in a room and they said, here's a marshmallow. You can eat this marshmallow right now if you want it. Or I'm going to come back and I'll give you two. Now, they didn't tell them how long it was going to take for them to get back. And then they watched these kids, and these kids are, you know, darn near ripping their hair out, staring at it. And then they fast forward, looked at those kids when they graduated high school, graduated college, looked in it. I mean, this, this is a long-term study. And what they found was that the kids that could postpone gratification to wait for two ended up having better grades. They had better scores, better jobs, better family life, lower instances of Um, of divorce, higher instances of faith. I mean, the list just went on and on and on. And I think oftentimes we talk about the, the, you know, the extreme power of getting behind, you get in credit card debt. It's so hard to dig yourself back out, but to get ahead, I mean, I can only save five or $10 a month. What's the point? The point is when you get ahead, it's just as hard because of compounding to get behind again. So that delayed gratification has unbelievable power in the long run. It allows you to be more charitable. It allows you to do more. And there's nothing wrong with putting yourself in a position of financial security. But the hard part is the only way you can do it is by taking that first step of consistency, discipline, postponing the gratification. But look at the study and you'll see what the value is of being able to delay even just 20 minutes. So even though you don't know when the... Reward is going to come. It's still worth it to wait. 
it will come. Now, I'm not suggesting, you know, if you're listening to this and saying, well, they don't pull, put luggage racks on Hertz's, right? I'm not going to save every nickel. I need to enjoy life a little bit today. I agree with you. My father died at 40 of cancer. I agree with you 100%. However, there is a balance in there somewhere, and that balance is a value. And it's our job, I believe, to at least create a balance where you're going to be good in the long run. I'm not suggesting that you live like a pauper today so you're a trillionaire tomorrow. But what I am suggesting is maybe don't spend all your nickels on the shiny thing so that in the future you don't have to worry about where your nickels are coming from. That's Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management. You can reach out to Josh here in Columbus on their website, aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. If you'd like to make a phone call to set up a free no-obligation consultation, 614-917-1040. That's 614-917-1040. Our offices are located in Lewis Center, just off 750. AptusWealthManagement.com. We're going to take a break here on the Aptus Wealth Management Blueprint Retirement Show, and we'll be back right after these messages. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Aaron Light, and for Bruce Hooley, along with Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management. And for those that are missing Bruce on the show, like all of us, um, we hope that he'll be back very, very soon. Um, but we have a brand new Give, Send, Go page built for Bruce uh, where you can make a donation. Josh Pick was kind enough to make that. And tell us a little bit more about it, Josh. Yeah, you know, obviously Bruce could use uh, and his family could use your prayers. But beyond that, uh, if you're out of work for a period of time and trying to juggle three kids around and your wife is taking some time off, I'm sure financial resources would be a value as well. So I've got, I was, had a ton of people contact me saying, how can we help? Uh, so we set up a, a Give, Send, Go page. You can get there by going directly to GiveSendGo.com. Or if you go to AptusWealth.com, right dead smack in the center of our front page is a link to take you right to that page on Give, Send, Go. A hundred percent of the proceeds goes to Bruce's family. And uh, for the first $2,500 worth of donations, I will match those donations to try and uh, get people uh, eager to do that. Obviously, give what you can. Anything would be uh, greatly appreciated, but that's a, a way where we can give back to somebody who I believe has given to us in so many ways. I mean, he's been a, a pretty much a staple in Columbus through sports, news, political commentary, my show, um, and, and just even the way he's handling uh, his current diagnosis was gnosis with such grace and trying to give back to others uh, by sharing his faith, et cetera. It's just it's something that I feel very compelled to give to. Mm-hmm. And you can find out more about Bruce's story at aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. You can give there, but if you can't give, you can share the page. If you can't share the page, you can say a prayer on the page. Uh, one of the great things that Give, Send, Go uh, does is allow you to just Send a prayer to Bruce, too, that he will receive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that not everybody is in a position to give, but that doesn't mean you can't give. Uh, you can give in other ways besides monetary ways, and I'm sure that Bruce will be reading through every one of those, and uh, it'll have an impact, I assure you. That's aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. Well, if you're just joining us on the first half hour of the show, uh, we were going over some recent headlines, which, uh, you know, can be a kind of a, the glorious headlines, but some of them are not all positive. 
Um, here's one from Gallup uh, that does mention that the average retirement age is 62. Now, I don't know if, Josh, do you know if that's going up or down? Uh, it's remained pretty consistent. But what's interesting about it is oftentimes I'll talk to people who are kind of anti-planning, right? And they'll say, well, I'll tell you what my financial plan is. I'm going to work until the day I die because I'll never be able to retire or insert whatever reason they have. That sounds like a reasonable plan, I suppose, if you think that there's no way that you'll ever be able to save enough for retirement or you really enjoy your job and you just plan on working until you die. That is a plan. The problem is if you dig deeper into that statistic where the average person retires at 62, a large chunk of those retire at 62 not because they wanted to, because their jobs were displaced, because they had to stay at home to take care of a loved one's health condition or because of their own health condition, and the list kind of goes on and on. So when we talk about, I know it's called the Retirement Blueprint uh, radio show, right? But really what we're talking about is financial independence. Just because you have enough money to retire or protect yourself at 62 doesn't mean you have to. You can work the rest of your life, but how nice to know that if something happens, you're not caught in a predicament where you can't take care of yourself. Yes. Now, one part that I read that, I was uncertain about it. it says unless you buy an annuity, you have to make that decision based on your spending needs and performance of your investments. So unless you buy an annuity, what does that mean? So there's an annuity. This is they're speaking specifically, even though they didn't say it, they're speaking specifically of what's called an immediate annuity or a single premium immediate annuity. And that type of annuity is very much like a pension. It's a privatized pension that you set up for yourself. So you give the insurance company a amount of money. And in exchange for that amount of money, the insurance company says, we will guarantee you that we will pay you X dollars per month for the rest of your life or for this amount of years or for it's some sort of deal between you and the insurance company. And the insurance company is doing just that. They are ensuring your money won't outlive you or will, will you will not outlive your money rather. So, you know, come a hell or high water, it doesn't matter you will continue to receive that set dollar amount per month. However, there are a myriad of types of annuities. There's four kind of general categories ranging from variable deferred annuities to immediate annuities, et cetera. But what they're saying in that, in that particular sentence is if you don't push off the risk of outliving your money on the insurance company, you're going to have to figure out the math on your own. And now you're left to your own devices. So you have a half a million bucks and you're just going to, well, I'm going to pull off 20,000 bucks a year off of that. Is it going to last? Isn't it going to last? Well, it all depends on how you invest it and how disciplined you are to withdraw all the money. And the list goes on and on. So do you want to pass that risk off onto someone else or not? Now, I'm, I'm assuming your next logical question would be, well, which one's better, <laughs> right? And the answer is neither one's better. They all have their pros and cons. And I think that sometimes we draw these emotional decision markers off of what we've heard about investments, when in reality, we should remain pretty agnostic about investments. Who cares what they're called? Who cares what they are? What are the pros and cons to each? And how does that fit into the puzzle? And the answer is up until recently, immediate annuities and or really fixed annuities weren't that appealing because fixed rates for the last 10 years or so have been at historic lows. I think back during COVID, you could get a mortgage for 2.75%. Your savings account at the bank was probably paying point nothing. And now you can get money markets in the five range, right? So is now a decent time to maybe lock in some of that money for the rest of your life at current rates 
knowing that you'll never be able to outlive it. Some of it, yes, but I think it steps back to this concept of a three-legged stool, which we used to have. We used to have Social Security, we used to have a pension, and then we had some ancillary additional funds that we used to satisfy our retirement income needs. Well, now most people just have Social Security and maybe they have a 401k. I would suggest that as we're looking at current rates and we're looking at longevity tables increasing and we're looking at the uncertainty in the U.S. economy, all the things that we hear about every day, right? Uh, the debt positions going through the roof, you know, economic conditions are getting worse. The Fed's going to continue to do this, which is going to have a negative impact in the economy. Would it be comforting for you to know that my Social Security is paying me $2,000 a month? I have this other annuity paying me $2,000 a month. And then the remainder of my income needs is going to be drawn off of this additional pot of money that, yes, will fluctuate. I'm not suggesting that you should do all of it, but I am suggesting that now is not a bad time to do some of it. Mm -hmm. So to participate in an annuity, you do need a, a, a sum of money right now, like a lump sum of money now to invest in the future. It's not something that you slowly pour money into and then invest. You need the money up front. Yes and no. Yeah, so typically that's the way it's done. Typically it's I've had this 401k, now it's worth a million bucks, and I'm going to take 300000 of it, put in an annuity, leave the 700 out. Okay, that's typically the way that it's done. That said, essentially a pension is a deferred annuity followed by an immediate annuity. The My company is withholding money from my paycheck. They're building it up at a certain rate, and then at some point I have the decision on how I want to turn it on. You can do that privately as well. Um, the only thing that I would suggest is for most people, not everybody, but for most people, you don't really start looking at annuities until you're in your 50s. Because when you're in your 40s, you have a long enough runway that unless you're just incredibly risk averse, where you say, I don't want any money in the stock market, there is a huge advantage in having your money in the stock market. I would not be suggesting that you know 40-year-olds run out and buy annuity contracts for the most part. Um, that said, I have plenty of clients who are in their 40s that have them because that's what they want. But in general, most people are buying these things in their 50s and 60s and even 70s to kind of ensure that guaranteed income stream with a pot of money that they've already accrued. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management, located right here in Columbus at aptuswealth.com. You can find more information on Josh, and uh, you can give them a call as well, 614-917-1040. That's 614-917-1040, and you can get some great customized advice like this to your situation. Um, now, people that are reaching out to you is do you have a typical client or what is the what does the person uh, look like that typically shows up at Aptus Wealth Management? Yeah, our typical client is over the age of 50. Actually, if you look at it, it's over the age of 55. So we're we're usually getting folks when they're getting kind of in that retirement red zone, if you want to think of it that way. You know, I'm retiring in the next five to 10 years or even maybe the next year or I'm the first year into retirement. But they're in that red zone of I don't want to screw up. Um, you had asked me, you know, off air, you know, why do you seem to people seem to come to you when they're 55 and 60 years old? And I think that's really the reason. I think it's because they don't want to screw up. I'd heard it described once to me by a client who said, I feel like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff and I'm about to base jump and I have a pack on my back that I packed. I've never parachuted in my life. I've never packed a parachute. All I know is when I jump, there's no turning back. And I'm going to hit the ground. It's just a matter of how hard, right? And they were akinning that to retirement. 
I've listen, I've been a plumber my whole life. I don't know anything about finance other than what I read. I've built up a pretty good nest egg that's going to have to survive me for the rest of my life. I just want to make sure I don't screw it up. And when we've, you know, I've done this for almost 25 years now. I've watched a lot of people retire. Um, I would be a liar not to say that early in my career, I also made quite a few mistakes, right? So benefit from my longevity of doing this for so long and seeing where are the landmines, even though it looks appealing, that's a landmine. Stay away from that. Right. And I think that's what people are looking for is how do I not screw it up? It's not that, you know, most people can hop on Vanguard.com and pick an investment and they're great. Okay, great. It, it, I looked at historical performance, but what they don't know is how do I create an income stream off of that? I know they're telling me over the last 10 years, it's returned X and, and the worst year it was this, and that's kind of how anecdotally we look at stuff. But how do I minimize volatility? How do I make sure that I don't pull out too much money at the wrong time, which cripples me, and now I don't want to be a Walmart greeter? That's our typical client is how do we make our money last? Mm-hmm. And you that does sound scary, the analogy that you gave about jumping off the cliff. But what's sometimes maybe even more scary is that is getting pushed off that cliff. Like you mentioned earlier, not everyone gets to choose when you retire is that another situation you uh, come in contact with is someone that's uh, been forced to retire and now they need to assess where they're at? What do they need to do? Do they need to get another job? Or, or beyond that, maybe you have somebody who's they're looking, they're saying, I think I'm five years out from retirement, but my job is literally killing me because that happens sometimes. You know, the stress mm-hmm. is just becoming too high or insert whatever reason it might be. They're, they're trying to investigate their options. And sometimes we can say, well, you don't have to continue doing this job. Sure, you're making hundred grand a year now, and that's great. But if we just let your investments do what they need to do for the next three years, you don't need to save any more money, and you'll be fine. And you can survive off fifty grand a year. So back down the crazy stress meter, go get a job that's a little more palatable for the next few years, and you'll be fine. That's also an encouraging thing. And I don't want to make it sound like everybody that comes in is 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 calling us, going, "Oh man, you know, I just got whacked, and now I got to figure out what I'm going to do." Some of those conversations are great. Some people come in and they say, you're never going to believe what happened. I was going to retire in 12 months, and my company just laid me off and gave me 12-month severance. This is the best day of my life. I get to retire a year earlier than I thought with the same amount of stuff that I had before. So they're not always bad conversations, but that is usually when we get the reach out from new clients. Wow. And such a big variety of things that can happen and in, in, in levels of uh, planning, whether it's slow and long-term or sometimes you get forced into a situation where – it's time to make some decisions right now. It uh, doesn't even need to be uh, a negative thing. Like you said, it could be uh, coming into a financial windfall. A, a loved one passes away. Uh, a house is sold, something like that. What to do with this sum of money? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it all. I mean, I, you know, we, we all get these things uh, online where it says, you know, you have a wrench uncle in Uruguay and all you got to do right. is send me 5,000 bucks, right? I've actually had to make some of those phone calls where I've had clients that uh, had a significant sum of money, and the beneficiary was a distant cousin. And they hadn't talked in years. But the person had no family besides that, and I'm calling the distant cousin saying, we need to get together. I'm this unknown financial planner you've never heard of before. <laughs> Trust me, wink, wink, show up. Um, but when they come to the office and you know we start looking at things, it's, it becomes very apparent that I'm not lying. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting ways that people can either disciplined grow money or sometimes just trip and fall into it, but all of those have similar and yet drastically different issues to deal with, right? And the only fortunate part that I've 
again that I've done is I've seen it's a rarity that I come across something that I go, I've never seen this before. Right. So I, I can offer guidance on things because I've encountered them many, many times. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's so important to be a good steward of that money to a lot of people too, which is another aspect that Josh brings into it. Aptuswealth.com is the website. Aptus Wealth Management Group is the company that, that Josh founded. You can get a free, no obligation consultation right here in Columbus in person. If you'd rather not be in person or if you're not here in Columbus, they can work with you remotely. Call 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040, or again, online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. And one thing I wanted to grab your ear on here, Josh, before we let you go, S&P down 5.3%. Concerning? What does that mean to you? It's not concerning. I mean, the, the market's volatile all the time, but the S&P in September was down 5.3%, which is quite significant compared to what we've been used to over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, but it does cause fear and panic in people, particularly people who, let's think about over the last 25 years. If you're 65 right now, in the peak of your saving years, so from the age of 40 until now, you have seen 2001 and 2002, where the S&P 500 pulled back over 50%. You saw 2008, 2009, where the market pulled back over 50%. Then you saw COVID, where the market pulled back 33% in a matter of weeks. And then you saw last year, where the market was down 20%. And now you're seeing, okay, it's climbing back up. And here we are at September, 5.3%. And everybody I read says, you know, batten down the hatches. Here comes the tornado. And that's causing a lot of panic. And what I'm seeing with that panic is people are doing some seemingly foolish things, whether that is putting all their money in a money market account because they're going, hey, 5%, that's better than better than nothing. I'm going to go there. Or even worse, putting it in a checking account earning nothing. Or they're starting to make some drastic changes with their investments. Or in a lot of instances, they're doing very weird things like putting all their money in cash and then going and trying to knock one out of the park by buying one stock or one meme stock or one, you know, NFT or, uh, you know, cryptocurrency because it's all going to hell in a handbasket. These are all irrational behaviors when in reality, there's a lot of middle ground stuff that people just don't even know about. Like, for example, we do a decent chunk of something called structured notes in our office and people go, what the heck is a structured note? A structured note is just what it says. It is a note an agreement between you and an institution that has some structure to it. So let's use an example of a structured note. So right now I could buy a structured note and please forgive me on these rates. They might not be exactly right. So I'm just going to use ballpark rates, but I could buy a structured note that says if the S and P 500 over the next 12 months goes up by 30%, I get to keep 17% of it. If it goes up by 17%, I get to keep 17% of it. I'm capped at 17%. You go, well, that doesn't sound like a great deal. Well, wait, hold on. That's only if it goes up. If it goes down, they will buffer you against 30% of the loss. So if the S&P 500 goes down by 30%, I lose nothing. If it goes up, I have the potential to gain 15, 16, 17%. All right, well, that sounds almost too good to be true. How the heck are they doing it? Well, all the financial institution is doing is saying, I'm going to buy an option that says if it goes up, I win, and I'm going to buy a put option that if it call option on the up and a put option on the down, that if it goes down, well, I'm, I'm hedging my bets on both sides. 
That is something that institutions do all the time. Individual investors, not so much. And the rates are not always that good. But when you have an environment where the bulk of people do not do not believe that the market's going to go up, those call options are inexpensive. And when you have an environment where fixed rates are really high, that affords you a lot of interest to be able to buy the downside protection. So these structured notes are very attractive. Now, if you go to a lot of people that are listening right now and say, what do you think about the market? Well, I know it's a necessary evil, but I'm terrified. And you said, well, how would you feel about that? Oh, I can do that. That's fine. Okay, well, maybe that's a better idea than putting all your money into the mattress or investing all your money in, you know, I bought a fractional ownership in a bottle of wine, which people are doing, by the way. You were telling me offline that you can buy, you know, fractional ownership in baseball cards and signed baseballs and all sorts of stuff. I'm not knocking those strategies, by the way. I mean, if, if you're passionate about something or you have a, a very keen amount of knowledge on those types of items, doing that as kind of a satellite investment isn't a bad choice. But do you really want to bet the farm on it? Probably not. You're probably anecdotally betting it on, well, you know, that's not going to go down. It's a Babe Ruth, right? There's only so many of them. Well, that doesn't mean that you won't see huge fluctuations in the in that environment as well, as we've seen. You know, when I was a kid, people were like, oh, if you have this baseball card, it's worth a billion. And then, you know, I five years ago, I looked at all my baseball cards that supposedly were worth a trillion dollars, and apparently I, they weren't worth that much money. All right, so you got to spread the risk out a little bit. I'm not suggesting everybody go put all their money in structured notes either. All I'm saying is there's a lot of things like structured notes that are available to you if you're aware that they exist. And then you can kind of start spreading stuff around a little bit. Maybe you have a combination of a lot of different things. Right. Because some of these uh, NFTs, the cryptos, it's almost like it's like a a side bet. Like it's just for fun for some people. Not necessarily that you're going to put all of your family's future on a digital image on the Internet. Uh, probably not a good idea. Uh, and keep that to just small percentages. I don't know if you saw this week, uh, Costco gold bars. Did you see that story? No. Costco selling gold bars, and they sold out immediately mm-hmm. online. And they were slightly over the. I think they sold for two thousand dollars an ounce, and an ounce is slightly under two thousand dollars. So they sold for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But a news story out there that they just keep repeatedly sell out as soon as they go up on the Costco website, they sell out again and again and again. Uh, I'm guessing that's safer than buying a a digital image on the Internet or putting it into Dogecoin or one of these off cryptocurrencies. Um, But where are you at on that? Something to discourage or is is that kind of a mix of both? You're getting a you're getting a a gold, but you're also it's it's by a brand. So it's kind of combining the two in a way. Yeah, and I don't think the brand is relevant because when you sell gold, you're really selling it for its melt value unless you have some sort of coin that has numismatic value like, oh, it's a 1923 you know, Swiss franc that is very desirable. But most people are buying gold eagles, which is just a one-ounce gold coin that's minted by the United States government, um, or if you're buying a small gold bar, et cetera. Uh, I think there's always this level of a romanticism about, well, if I bought this cryptocurrency and the U.S. dollar collapses, which is a crazy thing to hope for – then this crypto will be worth so much, and then I'll be fine. Um, However, the variability of that is extreme. And the same thing applies with gold. If I don't have gold and the U.S. dollar collapses, well, then what am I going to be left with? But the reality is, in short runs of time, gold has been a a great safe haven. But in the long run, and I'm not anti-gold, but in the long run, 
it's been the single worst investment second only to cash. So there are a myriad of other ways to beat inflation, which is really what you're talking about. If you're talking about total economic collapse, uh, imagine a world with total economic collapse. And do you believe that you're going to be trading gold bullion at that point? You might be better off going out and buying a bunch of liquor and food than buying gold coins at that point, right? But again, I, I think gold has its place, but I'm seeing people doing irrational things and putting way too much of their net worth in gold. Hmm. It's great advice. That's Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management, located right here in Columbus. Go to aptuswealth.com. There you can find the donation page for host Bruce Tooley. Find out more about what he's going through right now and send a prayer in as well. That's Aptus Wealth Management or aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S-Wealth.com. Or you can make a phone call at 614-917-1040 and make a free no-obligation consultation appointment. That's 614-917-1040. That wraps up today's show. Head to 989theanswer.com or aptuswealth.com to hear past episodes. And we look forward to talking to you next week on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.